Welcome to Haven Today at Christmas time. It was a day when Rome ruled the world. Caesar Augustus controlled the known world, including Israel. And Rome desired a census to be taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Though there was a healthy fear of robbers, most people 2,000 years ago obeyed and returned to their ancestral home to be counted by family. And in the midst of this census, God was at work his mighty arm orchestrating these events to fulfill prophecy so that his son would be born in Bethlehem. Before God created anything, he knew that by creating humanity, they would need a savior. God would have to come down and become one of us to live under his own law and then be crucified, die, physically rise, and ascend back to his throne. That's the good news. This savior has come. This Messiah is here, and he's Lord of all. Won't you make Jesus your Savior, Messiah, and Lord this Christmas? I'm Charles Morris, and this is a program on Haven Today called Promises Made, Promises Kept. I wonder what symbols you have put up this year to remind you and maybe remind others of the sending of God's Son to bear our sins. In other words, how do you celebrate the coming of the Messiah? Though my wife and I will not be able to spend time with our family this year, in person at least, we do have traditions I look forward to doing every year. And next year, Lord willing, we celebrate with light on a Christmas tree. And in our home, we sing carols and listen to the Messiah by Handel. Often, we in the past would worship the Lord at a Christmas Eve service led by our son-in-law, Pastor, at his church in Eugene, Oregon. A few years ago, We started a new tradition by writing and exchanging little notes to be opened and shared with other family members. A verse of scripture or a passage of scripture offering love based on the love our Lord God shared with us on that very first Christmas. Christmas is also a time for personal acts of worship. And for me, it's the annual reading of Isaiah, which each December reveals new insight into God's love for me. For unto me a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. As I read through Isaiah every year, and this year my wife joined me, and we read it more slowly aloud together, new things always appear like the arm of the Lord. It's an interesting expression, isn't it? God is a spirit, so how does he have an arm? What does it mean? Well, stay with me, and we'll turn to Isaiah in just a moment. But before we do that, I just want to thank everyone who has been sending in their Christmas and year-end gifts to this 100% listener-supported ministry. Thank you so very much. With Christmas just two days away, I can't send you something as a thank you for Christmas, but I can for the new year. It's called the Laugh and Grow Bible for Kids, the Gospel in 52 five-minute stories. Bill Vischer created Veggie Tales, and he wrote this fun yet insightful Bible storybook to help everyone better understand God's Word and the story of redemption. 
The Laugh and Grow Bible can help you. It can help a family you know. It can keep people connected to the gospel in 2021. So would you call us after the program? Would you make your tax-deductible year-end gift and ask for the Laugh and Grow Bible? And our number is 800-654-2836. Or a little memory tool, call us at 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website. Look at some of the sample pages from the Bible. You can make your gift even at haventoday.org. haventoday.org. And don't forget, we still have Handel's Messiah, with the words coming straight from the Bible, all pointing to Jesus. A great piece of music to listen to all year round. And now, let's open the program with a Christmas hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. O come, O come, Emmanuel. And ransom captive Israel That mourns in lonely exile here Until the Son of God appear Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel Shall come to thee
This is Haven Today, a program called Promises Made, Promises Kept, Matt Mayer, and O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And on this Haven Today, we're talking about a line that keeps showing up in the prophet Isaiah. It's the arm of the Lord. And I want us to see this from the great prophet Isaiah. First, though, before we turn to Isaiah, whose prophecy I'm reading again this December, let's look at the history of the phrase. The line appears in Canaan, but outside the Bible, the line also shows up all over ancient Egypt, where the king, the Pharaoh, was considered a god, just like the Nile River and the frogs and the hail, and, of course, centuries later, Caesar and Rome proclaimed himself a god. This phrase, arm of the Lord, was etched in stone across the land and always referred to the strength of the king. Kenneth Kitchen, the ancient Near East scholar in England, who happens to be a committed Christian, wrote a great book called On the Reliability of the Old Testament. And he says it carries the sense of the strong arm of Pharaoh. No way the king of Egypt wanted to be known as a weakling. He wanted his subjects to live probably more in fear than awe of him. It hasn't changed much today. The reason you want fearful respect if you are a human political leader is because you want to stay in power. You want to keep it. You don't want to lose out to one of many who aspire to overthrow you, and you'll do just about anything to keep your power. Kenneth Kitchen, a remarkable linguist and historian, says across Egypt there was this picture of Pharaoh smiting his enemies, and it appears to be a deliberately adopted Egyptianism into Hebrew. Now, enough of the history. Let's move to the Bible. First, We read in Isaiah, the arm of the Lord is mighty. His might is not just over Egypt, but Assyria, but also the entire universe. His strength is over the strength of all the false gods that we create in our minds and make with our hands. Isaiah 30.30, the Lord will cause people to hear his majestic voice and will make them see his arm coming down with raging anger and consuming fire with cloudburst thunderstorm and hail. The voice of the Lord will shatter Assyria. With his rod he will strike them down. Every stroke the Lord lays on them with his punishing club will be to the music of timbrels and harps as he fights them in battle with the blow of his arm. Now if you just stopped there at the end of that passage, this could sound like words describing one of the pagan gods of the ancient Near East, but the one true living God is not just mighty in battle, and one to be feared. He cares for his people. Isaiah eleven twelve. he will raise a banner for the nations and gather the exiles of Israel. As I've said on this program before, Scripture speaks of us holding the Lord God in fear and respect, and yet God the Father and God the Son tell us repeatedly in Scripture to not be afraid. What a difference from the pagan gods. So the arm of the Lord is mighty. Then second, the arm of the Lord is long. God's arm and hand show up as a remarkable picture of who he is and what he does. Thank you, Lord. In Exodus, his arm is outthrust through the arm of Moses, doing battle with the mighty yet 
petty Pharaoh. Who can stand before you? Who can try and match the miracles of Yahweh? The dark, magical arts of the greatest royal court magicians cannot stand before Almighty God. Neither can Moses, and neither can you or me. We bow before the Almighty, and yet his arm is long and loving to his own. Here we are at Christmas. I'm reading again through Isaiah, the most concentrated collection of prophecies for the coming of Jesus. And here I am seeing the long arm of the Lord. Think of Isaiah 30, 21. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. In verse 22, we take our idols overlaid with silver and images covered with gold. They are to be desecrated and thrown away like a minstrel cloth. We are to say, away with you. Consider his power, which is beyond telling. Try to envision his strength over Egypt or Assyria and even all the kingdoms of the 21st century and every century past. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. Hear the difference? This is no petty person who considers himself a god. Yahweh, the great I am, is different. Thank you, Lord. The long arm of the Lord, of the one true God, tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. Isaiah 30, 10 and 11. The Lord is not just ruling by his mighty arm, though, or the length of his arm. The arm of the Lord loves and tends his people. Isaiah 41.10, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. Sounds like words that Jesus spoke in the Gospels. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Not to fear is a call throughout Scripture, but with the promise of a child, a shoot from the stem of Jesse. We can take heart in our struggles traveling on this journey with the Lord. His arm is long, and his arm is with us. The servant is coming, the suffering servant who comes to bring righteousness and to justify us with his very life. Third, the arm of the Lord reaches out forever. Isaiah 51, 5 and 6, My righteousness draws near speedily. My salvation is on the way, and my arm will bring justice to the nations. My salvation will last forever. My righteousness will never fail. Read Isaiah, and it comes two ways. The suffering servant comes the first time. The redeeming servant returns to make things right a second time. We celebrate Christmas and this first birth, the time when Jesus came and shared his message with salvation with others firsthand. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Isaiah 52, 7 leads to a message for all, Jew and Gentile alike. Isaiah 52, 10. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. The arm of the Lord reaches out forever.
But now there is the great story that's all about Jesus. And that's my fourth point. The arm of the Lord is made flesh as the suffering and glory of the servant arrives at the end of Isaiah 52 in the beginning of chapter 53. The prophecy is of the cross and Christ Jesus is on that cross. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. Isaiah 52.13 leads to verse 14, where the Jews in Jerusalem were appalled. His appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being, and his form marred beyond human likeness. The arm of the Lord was revealed in flesh in what seemed an untimely way. The arms of the servant were outstretched on a cross. Holy arms, trapped in agony, bearing the sins of all who cry out to him for salvation. These arms are for ruling, and rule they will. Yet now, besides the arm of the Lord made known in the flesh, fifth, the arms of the Lord Jesus are outstretched and opened in love and invitation, even while nailed to a Roman cross. And I can't stop sharing about the arm of the Lord leading us to this Christmas without saying one more thing. God the Father did not just allow his son to die on the cross. He sent his son to the cross. I can't get this out of my mind. That older English word, smite or smote. God the Father smote God the Son to bear our sins on that Roman tree. By his stripes we are healed. All I can say is praise God from whom the ultimate blessing of eternal redemption flows. Would you join me in prayer right now? Lord, I can't even begin to fathom this phrase that you took from pagan cultures and applied to show us what and who you really are. Lord, we need to know you more this Christmas. We need to see the suffering servant, born as a baby in a manger, but who died on a cross. And now the tomb is empty, and we can get ready for you to return again. That's exciting, Lord. Your arm is still at work, and it's long, and it's mighty, and it's loving, because we have the Good Shepherd. May we understand this, even as we celebrate the coming of Christ Jesus this Christmas, in whose name we pray now. Amen. Come now, long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us, let us find our rest in thee.
tears and sins release us. story. We've had her on the program before, and there she was again. Come, thou long-expected Jesus. You know, Christmas Eve is tomorrow, but if you haven't made your Christmas gift to Haven today yet, we're still open. We're answering our phones 24-7, and I'd like to invite you to join us in sharing the great story. Not just where you live, listening to your local Christian radio station, perhaps, but all over the world. Your gifts help us continue to shine the light of the gospel into 2021. And as our thanks, I'd like to send you the book that I know will be a blessing to you or families you know, The Laugh and Grow Bible for Kids, The Gospel in 52 five-minute Bible stories from Genesis to Revelation. Phil Vischer, my friend who created Veggie Tales, wrote it, and uh, it's a beautiful hardback book. The artwork is very appealing to a child. It's a great way to start your year. And we still have copies in our warehouse of Handel's Messiah, this musical masterpiece on two CDs. It's not just two CDs for Christmas, although it is that. It's for any time of the year. In fact, Handel wrote it for Easter. We still have that. And here is the number for you to call right now and make your year-end gift to Haven today. 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website, Take a look at some of the sampled pages from the Bible. Listen to samples from Handel's Messiah. And then make your tax-deductible year-end gift 
at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again next time when again we get to share together the great story, It's All About Jesus, here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God, this is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. We've all seen the pictures, refugees, families, many with small children running for their lives from the violence in the Middle East. It's become a familiar story, but have you ever noticed how it runs parallel to the Christmas story? Think about it. Jesus wasn't born in his parents' home, but in a desperate moment on a journey. And after the birth of Jesus, it says Joseph got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. They were fleeing for their lives, too. And with that in mind this Christmas, what do you think God's heart is towards those who are refugees today? Do our hearts align with His? Let God's Word change your life and your perspective daily. Visit GetAnchor.com.